When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back. Winning Plays podcast, Brian Roberts Levine. All right, B-Rob, a couple of weeks ago, I started the uh, the show by asking you, at the time, I thought it was sort of a hypothetical question. How desperate does Daryl Morey have to get before he'd be willing to uh, to trade Ben Simmons to the Celtics? Here we are, September 23rd. Ben Simmons reportedly has played his last game for Philly. He's not even going to show up anymore. Ben Simmons has has set foot in the organization. Unless he's going to clean out his locker, it seems. He has played his last game with Philadelphia. Daryl Morey, more likely than not, has to do something. What's he going to do? That's the question that we're going to start off with today. Well, it's a fascinating question. I mean, and again, you're you're just on a roll this summer, Rich, of making predictions. The summer. 15th yeah. man. I mean, yeah, it's true. Just life toys at 40 years many years many years yeah (laughs) so but the this escalated in a hurry and not that this is a huge surprise that it seems to be going in this direction but first off can we think of any other player in nba history period that has four years left on a max deal essentially and says you know what i'm out like the, the 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 ink on his contract is as dried for one year He's under contract through 2025. And he's like, you know what? I sucked last postseason. I don't like people saying mean stuff about me. I like being in those trade talks. Um, I'm good. Like that is, is there any, can you think of anything in NBA history? Like any any comparable no. situation to this? Well, you'd have you'd have to find a situation first, a step earlier, where a guy, and let's let I'll say the, I think he earned that extension. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he deserved he, it. W- w- when that happened, he earned it. So we have to find a guy who earned it and then just decided to not be a valuable player anymore. I mean, okay, that's not to say he's got some value, but to not evolve, to not expand his game in the way he needed to, to not adapt to the to the league in general and how and, and the direction that that's going, and to just say I am who I am uh, and deal with it. And I mean, and again, maybe that's part of the problem with guaranteed contracts sometimes. You know that the, the the carrot's not always there when you get to a certain point, and and again, like not only did that happen, but Doc Rivers said what he said after after the the playoffs, and Bede said what he said after the playoffs. So these guys, and rightfully so, by the way, I don't right. think that they should feel bad about speaking up because that's that you, you can't let a- action like like Simmons showed to take down your entire organization. Um, and that was and just before I I lose this this thread, but. You know, I was reading Woj's piece. You know, he sort of came out initially and, and with the news that Simmons was done. 
And then he, so there's one line Woj writes, this is setting up a showdown for Sixers franchise with championship hopes that will be greatly diminished without Simmons on the floor. But when he is on the floor, <laughs> you're not a championship team if that's Ben Simmons, right? Right. So if and you think- know you're not a championship, you're not, not a, not, don't have championship hopes with him out there, the only hope is to have him not out there. So I don't, it doesn't seem like it's like, it's like going to be a great hit. Maybe like, like immediately, maybe if you only get D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, like maybe that's going to knock like the short term potential. But if you're not winning a title with Ben Simmons, you got to get rid of him. That's the only way to get to that title. Right. And so it's what may well should have phrased that better. Be like, it's going to hurt him in the regular season for sure. Because Simmons over an 82 game grind, he can, you know, his contributions all over the court without the, teams having being able to game plan for him like in a seven game series he's clearly a different player in that aspect and whether it's the pressure's off whatever we know he can he's an all-star caliber player over the course of an 82 game year so from that standpoint in a reloaded eastern conference and this is why i honestly wanted to talk about more of this today just because this has such a dramatic effect not just on the Celtics, but just the complexion of the east not just this season but the future given Simmons' age and um you know and beating and everything that they've kind of gone through down there. So, but for me, it's a situation where it's not going to hurt them much in the postseason based on this track record, to your point, but whether there'll be the five, six or seven seed in the East, as opposed to the two, three, four, and how much of a difference that can make when, you know, in a, a revamped East with, I think, honestly, a lot better quality teams, you know, one through eight, given how a lot of teams have reloaded this offseason. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely takes them. And again, even even with Simmons, I think they're out of the conversation a little bit. I think most people would even would have them below the Celtics um, at this point, even with a healthy. When you say healthy, you're saying you're assuming mental and physical for for Ben. Like if even in that situation, you probably still might take the Celtics. But come to the come come the playoffs. Yeah, they're like that's that. And you still have them beat. But I, to me, that feels more like a Indiana territory. You right, know, like it's really trending there. We, and I don't know, it's is are we not giving because that was the choke of losing to the Hawks in that series, given the injuries the Hawks were doing. And I know, like, I guess Danny Green was out for the Sixers, but that's one where you know the the Ka- Kawhi game winner to send them to the conference finals. That was one thing a couple years ago. It's like, okay, you you know, you gave yourself a non strike crack at that one, and you have to go where you know, fall where the chips lie in that. But this one. You might not get a better chance than that. And that's it's one where like you looked at the Celtics Miami series a couple years ago, of, you know, the Celtics being within two games of the NBA finals again. And we know we all know the the first one, the Cavs game seven situation where, you know, the that obviously was as close as that core got. Um and you know that you never know when you're gonna get they these... would have swept the Lakers for sure. Exactly, hundred percent. So the... <laughs> one thing we that's the one thing we do know. Right? right. If they if they had escaped the the bubble conference finals, they would have easily swept the Lakers. So yeah, no, it's tough, and it, the the windows are small. Like you don't you don't know, and especially again, where you would have thought like a year or two ago that like Simmons was even the one that you could probably count on more than Embiid, just because the sure. just just his limbs. And I mean, again, big guys like that don't necessarily have super long careers at their peak. Um, and you wonder how many more years Embiid has at this peak. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so let's look at, let's go back to Simmons. I put a Celtics spin on this. I actually wrote about this at Mass Live. I want to get your take on it. 
Now, right. the I think it's fair to say, unless the price is really, really right, you know, the solve directly here to make a bid for Simmons. And to be honest, they the the pieces they could theoretically trade are not able to be traded yet because of all these extensions that were given out. So that to the side for now. With that said, do you know what team has the second biggest trade exception in the NBA right now? Which team has the second biggest trade exception? I don't even know which team has the first big trade exception. The, the biggest trade mm. exception. So I can't I can't even bear to, to wager a guess. Who is it? That'd be the Boston Celtics. $50 million. Evan oh, Fournier's brand new trade exception created from the sign trade of the Knicks. Um, that is currently the biggest trade exception in the um, or second biggest trade of trade. The, the biggest one actually is held by the Magic when they traded Fournier to the Celtics in the first place. Why I bring this up is you look at the Simmons trade landscape around the league, and it's clear that there's certain teams that are involved, like the Wolves have been out there. You know, there's been Blazers rumors. Those seem to be going anywhere, like McCollum for Simmons. Like, that deal's not happening now. And there's, you know, I'm sure some other teams that have real interest, but they don't have the parts to send back to Philly. The the win-now pieces, you'd think, to for them to be willing to move Simmons. And the prices obviously could change in the next month or two in terms of what the Sixers are looking for, but chances are there's going to have to be a third team involved here just to make all the, the pieces work, whether it's taking on some salary that the Sixers or another team doesn't want or just making the math work. And so the Celtics have three big trade exceptions right now um, that you know Brad Stevens and company have put together this summer with, you got the Fournier one, 17 million. You have Tristan Thompson's, which is worth about 10 and you've got what's left over six million. And so my question to you, Rich, knowing A, like assuming that ownership is willing to take on some payroll right now, like would you want to use that to kind of get involved here to maybe net a, a draft pick or a young player, something to again, you 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 help it to make all the parts work to get a deal done in the Simmons deal? Or would you rather hold those trade exceptions to for yourself to the trade deadline or maybe even next offseason to go after a free agent or whatever um, and use it more like that as a you know legitimate building piece as opposed to just being like a, a facilitator given where this team is at right now? Yeah, I, I mean, no, my, my instinct is that like, they're not like a, a small piece away from from being a super upper echelon team. Right. If they can make themselves better, if they can if they can create more flexibility, if and I know that's a dangerous word right now when we're talking about the Celtics and you can debate how flexible, you know, like what the level of flexibility that still exists. But like, yeah, I mean, if, if you can if you can benefit from this deal that, you know, is going to happen one way or another, you would assume. Did you see, by the way, what the per game fine will be for or what he'll lose per game if he misses? I did not see that. Games? I did not see that. All right, just take, take a guess. <laughs> so, I mean, he's making $30 million. I'm, so for, for every so missed I'm, game. I'm guessing it's, it's got to be, what, like 250 or something like that? $227,000 for every single missed game. Wow. Man, so you wonder how long that can go. That's, I mean, just that just that concept in general. is going to make it hard for me to finish this podcast. But, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. So you assume this is going to come to a head eventually. And if yeah, if you if if you look at it and you can facilitate, and who cares? Like, you know, like Danny Ainge was always about this. Like he he didn't care whose trade he got, in, who who he got involved with, as long as he could say, 
the Boston Celtics are better today than they were yesterday because of this deal. Uh, yeah, jump in. And that's 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 fine with me. I, I would go for it. I don't know enough about the moving parts and sort of what they foresee to happen a year from now to know whether it'd be better off to to wait. And you guys should never know at some point you have to pull the trigger. But like, I think if you, if you can improve your situation, yeah, go get in there. And honestly, I think that's where Danny Ainge was at, at his best in like the last 10, 15 years of like, I mean, you go back, you know, he facilitated the LeBron deal. Yeah. Going back Keith to Bogans, who was I? And right. <laughs> so un- I fell down some basketball reference rabbit hole earlier this week where I landed on that trade. I'm trying to think who I was who I was reading about. Anyways. But between that, no, 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 it's I have a funny well, I have a funny off air Bogan story for you after that. Um, what off air? You gotta well, tell me. This is on air. This is true. So yeah, this is story. So during this is actually back during the Celtics hub days and Bogans, you know, where that he was the, the two months he was active with the team before yeah. Grad Stevens sent him home and said, you know, stop complaining about your playing time. Like you we you literally are getting five million dollars to do nothing, so go home. Um so before that, uh former Celtics Hub writer and now big time TV writer, Hayes Davenport, uh was in Boston and came with me to a practice and we got Keith Bogans together one on one and and Hayes had a fun little angle where he would he went up to these guys and asked them about obscure games during their career, like college. Like, do you remember right. your, like your first points? Like, do you remember like the most devastating loss? And talk to Bogans for like I think probably ten minutes about this. I think I have it on video somewhere. We don't think we did anything did anything with it, but um, it was probably the happiest Bogans was in a Celtics uniform during those two months <laughs> right at that, that recounting that, his most dev- recounting his <laughs> most devastating <laughs> loss it's memorable times um but yeah so that's again if you look at what the angles are of like of where this team is at right now i think this season they should still very much be an asset accumulation mode for to your point of like they're not one piece away right now and so the more pieces you can Okay, it depends who the piece is, maybe, but like that's true. Yeah, not not one smallish piece. Not one, I mean, not one piece. piece that that you're gonna that you're gonna grab for for being like the the willing third team in a in a Ben Simmons deal, unless 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 they make something much bigger out of that. And I guess that's that's possible as well. Like, is there a name that you can think of that like who's the best case scenario uh, coming to Boston at, with them as the third team in a Ben Simmons deal? Um. Oh, for a player. Yeah, that would kind of, that, that would end up here. See, that's the thing. Like, I don't think, I don't think you're getting an appealing player in that deal. I think you're getting a draft pick. Like, you're taking on a, like a meh contract, or just some some guy that. Because if you figure if the Sixers don't want him, you're probably not going to want him. In terms of like, and that's where the third team comes in and being like, okay, we have this trade exception. We can take these this ten million dollar guy who probably is only worth five. And in order to do that, give us an extra first round pick or give us a couple second round picks. And then you have those extra picks. Now you start accumulating those again. So whenever the BO Derby arrives or whoever else is going to be the next big name um, that comes available during for via trade, uh, you have a little bit more ammunition um, to throw at beyond your own picks. Interesting. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how that shakes out there, but that's kind of an angle of, you know, of, and this is something, you know, they've been doing not just with the LeBron deal. If you go back to, I think, what was it like the Rasheed Wallace trade back in 2004 with the sure. Pistons, like just facilitating that, getting a first round pick out of it. And yeah, you help a team win a championship in the short term. But, but th- given this is your direct rival and 
I don't, I don't think you really feel threatened enough by the Sixers here to worry about facilitating this deal because I don't think you've, I don't think anything they do in this deal is going to make them, you know, bona fide contenders in the East. What, like, who, who would scare you most going there in this? Like, that's that's realistic. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's like a maybe like a McCollum or or some shooter that would just spread the floor. And because I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I who who is the the quote unquote point guard? Like, I don't think it's I don't think it's Shake Milton. I don't think it's Seth. I mean, Seth Curry is a solid player. I mean, he's dangerous. But I don't think Tobias is 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 playing a point forward. Um, unless I'm forgetting someone, I don't, you know, I don't really see, and maybe that's what they'd be going for. And maybe McCollum could do that a little bit on top of being a pretty deadly shooter, but just off the top of my head, I think that would be the one I fear the most. Um, let me get this in sports betters. Listen up. Uh, this is winning plays podcast here to tell you about our favorite sports book. That's bet us, uh, football is back and time to get in on the action. We only endorse one sports book, and that is BetUS.com. If you're asking why, that is because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years now. You need a sports book with integrity, longevity. You need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything from live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, all kinds of crazy bets. Uh, we they don't have a Ben Simmons bet though. We wanted to uh, to incorporate a which team will Ben Simmons end up on. I did see some odds on that that maybe we can tackle in a second. But just to finish off this ad read, be up. Uh, nobody in the industry gives you bigger bonuses than BetUS. Join now, check out the offers, and you can get up to two hundred percent in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. Uh, bet uh, we bet BetUS. You so should you. That's BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Enter BSJ when you sign up. That's BSJ when you sign up at BetUS.com for a special bonus. Uh, BetUS.com is where the games begin. <laughs> Woo, sorry, my computer froze for a second. It's a long ad read that they have us do, but it's great. They're a great sponsor. We love uh, we love BetUS.com. Uh, I did see the odds for where Simmons was going to land. Right now, Minnesota was plus 400, the favorites. Uh, Houston plus 450, Sacramento plus 650. Then, uh, the Spurs, the Warriors, and the Raptors were all eight to one. Hmm. I don't know if anything really interests you there. I mean, Minnesota, it's kind of its, a, its own sort Minnesota, of crazy story yeah, at the moment, right? Yeah, we can get into a little bit like, but they, they just seem to have the pieces that should make sense if they offer enough. And then who knows? There, there's always gonna be a wild card team emerging. At West, I guess the Spurs have a bunch of like solid guys, so maybe they decide we want to roll the dice on that. But I don't know. Yeah, because you like... talk about like D'Angelo doesn't like that's not someone that's going to worry me. Dejounte Murray is a very solid player, but again, not a guy that if you flop him, uh, flip him for uh, for Ben Simmons, that you're thinking, oh wow, now the the Sixers right. are now back to being a contender. Houston, I don't know. Like Christian Wood doesn't. Great, again, a very fine young player, but doesn't quite move the needle. I mean, potentially, like if you get like a, I don't know if Halliburton's on uh, on the on the market. I don't think he would be unless it would be maybe a, a potential All Star. But Buddy Heald, that worries me a little bit. Like any guy who can shoot and score uh, like that. But as you said, it, it's it's certainly a step down from from peak Ben Simmons, from the 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 best of Ben Simmons. Like anyone you're getting in a trade is not going to match that. So good news right. for the rest of the East. I wonder, like, if you're in beat in this city, I wonder what you're thinking because you like what you want the Sixers to do. Do you want the Sixers to say, wait it out, like, listen, Daryl, like, don't give him away for pennies on the dollar. 
like he'll eventually come play because he doesn't want to lose millions of millions of dollars. And hopefully some team comes knocking, you know, once the season gets going, if they, if he plays well, or they just decide they, they need him or they want to shake things up. Or do you say, Hey, like this isn't, he clearly doesn't want to be here. I don't want to play with him anymore. And like, just get him out, just get this done so we can start the season. Right. Because this is my prime right now. And I am, I've already, you know, tried to carry you guys for the last couple of years and no one else is giving me support in the postseason. So what, you know, I'm not going to sign that next extension with you guys. If, if this keeps up. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't think that he's especially optimistic about what would happen if Ben Simmons came back. Um, because again, every time you say like, Ooh, like let, let him come back. But even if he comes back, like if, if that's who he is, if he's a guy that won't shoot the ball and, who is going to disappear. He can't even shoot foul shots anymore. He's going to disappear and not be someone you can count on when it matters most. Like that to me, that's a waste, like to play the regular season. And, and what are you even building towards? You know, it's just such a negative, such a toxic sort of vibe. And I'm of the mind, again, it depends what you get for him. And that's where it's going to come down to, to how, how desperate, because the longer they wait and the longer this drags on, like teams know that. Like they're not going to be offering. Like I imagine every single day that goes by, the offer weakens from the from from other teams, um, especially once teams again like start their own season, right? Like how much do you want to go into that and then before hitting the hitting the reset and taking a chance? Again, no one knows. Like Ben Simmons, not, he's necessarily going to leave Philly and then become the player of Philly's dreams. Like if that's just who he is, who he is, regardless of what uniform he's wearing, like how much you want to give up for him anyways. Isn't it nuts to think that the Sixers had Harden for him? And if they gave up another enough other stuff just a few months ago. And, and is now, that, is that confirmed? Like, is that definitely have, I think, I mean, I think it's, it's very clear that they, I think Zach Lowe talked about it in his podcast saying like, there are people within the Sixers who thought they had, you know, they had him in like the couple of days leading up to the, the eventual trade of Brooklyn. Now, how close they got, I mean, they clearly weren't offering everything. Like, they they probably held out from some first-round picks, the, like, whether they would have included, like, Maxi or, or Tyball or whoever else to, like, as additional sweeteners. Um, but I think if, you know, there was clearly a package there that they could have given up to get, you know, to get hard that was sure. centered around Simmons. And now you're you're at this point, what, like, six months later where this is – I don't think even in anyone's wildest dreams, you could think that it would reach this toxic dicks this quickly. It's the NBA, man. And again, that's why like so many times when we sit here and have these conversations about like, you know, projecting even what the league, assuming what the league might look like in two weeks, never mind like three months, six months, two seasons. It's just such a futile exercise, you know, because things change so fast, change in the way, in the way you never imagined. Like, and, and we touched you know, for a second on what's going on in Minnesota. Um, again, there's a guy who you, you put on the list of potential big names. If you're talking about that potential huge third piece who you could combine with the Jays and make this, the Celtics a legit, a legit contender, Carl Anthony Towns would have to be on the short list right now. And that's even before he tweets what, you know, what the fuck uh, in response to, to the team president uh, getting ousted uh rather abruptly it would seem uh in minnesota so i don't know it's another guy and again if there's a bidding war for in a, in a trade for carl anthony towns i don't know if the Celtics are even in the top five of, of best offers that can be made 
Um, but who knows? Another potential target. Uh, what do you think? He has like two years left in this deal at this point? Maybe three? I want to say three. I'll, I'll yeah, probably three. Up. Three makes most sense. Yeah, I mean, Towns, you'd think that all, all these teams, that's going to be the one where they you know, empty out everything in terms of all the assets. Because if it's you look at the free agent, yeah. the KG deal, because the, the free agent market for the next couple of years has quickly gotten pretty barren of all these extensions being hanged hit, hit out. So all these teams are positioning themselves for trades as opposed to, you know, clearing out cap room. And the Celtics, you know, I think got a little ahead of the curve on that front wisely, it looks like now, by handing out these extensions, knowing that, hey, you know, having these guys under our control, whether it's smart, Rob Williams, Josh Richardson, rather than um, betting on that cap space is probably going to be the smarter bet. Three years, pretty much 33 years. It was 31, 33, 36, which is not, not a bad deal uh, in the current landscape. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, if, who knows but where, where things are headed in Minnesota, whoever knows where things are, you know, they got A-Rod and, a, and his crazy partner. Uh, is that official? Have they, have they bought the team? Did it? I think it's in the works right now. So it's nothing, it hasn't been officially handed over, but it's probably just getting approved by the NBA and whatever they do when franchises are sold for billions of dollars. Um, yeah, that whole, I wonder, I mean, that whole situation there, you have, there are just so many teams around the league now, Rich, that are desperate to be in this win now mode, whether it's Minnesota, like a team, like I feel like Sacramento <laughs> that have been around like that. Yeah, just, win now. They're winning so now, but like well, playoffs from... now, playoffs now, I guess like they'll be willing to yeah. put their assets for any trade. And I guess that that'll complicate any Celtics trade down the line. And I guess you have to hope that, you know, puts the added pressure this season on, just the internal growth and improvement of all these guys they took over the years via draft and you know now some 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 buy low guys in free agency via in trade whether it's richardson or schroeder like if if those guys can rebuild some value for the team internally i mean that that sets them up well because whether it's they use that trade value down the line or just to make a better team around tatum and brown in the present that that could be huge for yeah. the long term in, in, a, in a revamped east so it would just be the exact opposite of how things have gone the last few years, like with Teague and Tristan. Okay, <laughs> like, right. well, you know, maybe, maybe last year's last year especially, but um, yeah, to bring these guys in and and have them exceed expectations, right? Like that was what these those early Brad Stevens teams were all right. about, you know, Isaiah and Jay and that mentality. Marcus, Evan Turner, Evan Turner, and, and part of that comes with. The elimination of championship expectations, which is just part of the reason I'm 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 looking more forward to this season than I think anyone in the last few years, right? Because let, and again, we, we talked earlier in the, in the show about how they were two wins away from from the NBA Finals and clearly beating the Lakers, but like even that they they didn't. It felt like it was like yeah, we're, we're expecting a little bit too much. Like we had to put them in the championship conversation, but I'd never really we didn't really think yes, they are certainly a championship team. Uh, they were close, but we, they were still in that that conversation. Right now, I don't think that's what people are expecting. No, right, especially with the new coach, with with everything that's up, with with Brooklyn looking that looking like like they are with Milwaukee just coming off the, their title. Uh, the Celtics are coming in, and they they can lose without there being as much panic. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to 
to the to the narrative and the media and all that but like it seems like there's at least going to be this one year where they can just worry about getting better and not necessarily having fun hopefully they will be having fun but it would just be more positive energy in terms of working up to something as opposed to having to live up to something that makes absolutely sense. absolutely because it's you're coming off a 500 year and i think most we certainly both liked what they did of in terms of revamping the roster but they didn't it was a 500 any, year last year it was a 500 year wow and so that that speaks for itself and and now i think for like it was clearly i think a low in the career of brown and tatum not from obviously an individual perspective but like this was their team and there were obviously injuries covid other factors in play here but this is why was tatum not a nba player like because you're a 500 team and it's it wasn't fair it's not right but that's what it is so like you said the pressure's kind of <laughs> off now <laughs> and i mean the Celtics, i think are thankful for that because it gives them a lot more spending flexibility for the next few years the fact he didn't make that team so maybe a blessing in disguise i was just i was thinking the same thing it's just so crazy how that shit works and and like we we said you know some point over the summer that there were a lot of those like little like subplots that i think for the last small handful of years have usually got seemed to go against the celtics right oh, they, they know, ran through a cold deck at cold deck at the blackjack table for the last couple of years for sure that, that that's really what it was and maybe like that maybe that is like you know a six on a 15 when the dealer's showing yeah. showing 20 right <laughs> like like that feels like maybe it can it can start turning the the juju a little bit i don't know we'll see but it's it certainly we we can say that the celtics their their picture is a little bit better looking for tatum having not made the the all and and then maybe this again not only do you get you know the the, the relief but you also get a certifiably angry jason tatum who's going, going to want to go scorch earth on on everyone who left him off that team so it's really a win-win for the celtics and you hope you've that with jalen brown coming back healthy it sounds like he's gonna be ready for training camp based on his uh, interview at the end of feed this past week and then yeah and then everyone else in the roster is is pretty much paid or has long-term deals so there's really the good vibes should be there and like you said if they're playing a little more carefree now with the pressure off that could translate into an exciting start but uh would you believe we're four days away from the start of training camp rich are you do you have the fever yet i know we were texting earlier this week and you did not believe it <laughs> Yeah, no, I, well, that's the thing. If, 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 that, if you'd done that live reaction, I would have been like, I can't, I can't believe it. But no, it, it, it is somewhat shocking. I'm, I do not have the fever yet. For that reason, it just doesn't feel real to me. Like, like what's going on? Do you know 2020 is going to be two years ago? Like in a couple of months? No. I'm still writing 2020 on like when I date stuff. So that's, that's going to be rough. I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say on all your checks and I was going to call you. I don't, I don't, when's the last, I haven't written a check in many, <laughs> many years. Um, all my Venmo transfers, I'm putting 2020 on. But yeah, um, but yeah no, man, it, it, it is wild. I think, you know, so media day is on Monday. Is that that's media, correct? It is Monday. Uh, training camp starts Tuesday and first preseason game a week from Tuesday. And then it's going to be. Then all bets are off. All right, man. Well, enjoy uh, your last your last weekend. Uh, I will, of relative sanity. I, yes, it will be. Um, be weird. First, stepping into the Auerbach Center for the first time in uh, roughly eighteen months here. No Next kidding. Week, so what, that how's that work? Do you need a Do you need a vaccine card? Do you need to yeah, show I a, think, a negative test to get in there? How are they doing I, it? I think it's going to be. They haven't announced it yet, but 
I would assume that you need to be vaccinated to get in the door. Um, or, Cavity or search any... from Phil Lynch before you can get in get in the Listen, door. Listen, I'm not ruling anything out, so I'll be ready for it. <laughs> All um, right. Enjoy. Well, so I'll report on that. Uh, hit us up at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter. You can follow Rich at Rich underscore Levine. Follow me at Brian T. Rob on Twitter and check my stuff out. Play stuff coming up on Mass Live. And yeah, we'll be back with you guys next week. We'll have real basketball, real storylines to talk about. So in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe to the Winning Plays Pod. Check us out on YouTube as well. And we will talk to you guys next week.